<laughs> You're listening to the one of us.net podcast network. One of us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio based or banner ads, but on a case by case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at two, five, ten, or twenty-five dollars and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Hey, Marco, I'm home! <laughs> wait, wait, why am I Lucy? <laughs> why am I not Lucy? <laughs> he, he has a Spanish name. Oh, so. that's true, that's but true. you're the redhead. And Ricky is the Hispanic She is the one. closest to being a redhead. That is but the, the girl. Chris is far from and Ricky. I, I, I guess it's I'm true. the closest to being a Cuban, even though that makes no sense. <laughs> it's like... I told you one more time, Harmony, you're not going to be in the show. You cannot be on the podcast. <laughs> but Marco! Specific- no, 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 Specifically no, no. for this, I put out a whole box of chocolate next to you. You Excellent. need to shove as many in your mouth as you can for really this fast. podcast. Really. No grapes? Jeez. No grapes. That's not in your mouth. That's in your feet. That's right. You've got some explaining to do. <laughs> you know, I grew up watching I Love Lucy. A lot of people did regardless of age, because, you know, yeah. I mean, Nick at Night was like, well, fuck that <laughs> we got a lot of these and people some seem to still like them it's funny to me that there's people who are like 20 years younger than me who are like yeah i grew up watching the shit out of yeah. lucy classic tv just babies, like i did you know, you know? Yeah, totally. i believe it's the longest running sitcom of all times continuously running yeah wow. like ever since it came out it has never been off oh, the air i think it might be tied oddly enough sadly enough with gilligan's island i mean if aaron sorkin's gonna do a tell-all about gilligan's no, island I'll, watch watch I'll watch the shit out of gilligan's <laughs> island Aaron Sorkin movie. Who would play Bob Denver is the question. <laughs> Only if it's a three hour long movie. Yeah. It, would be, <laughs> it, would be, it would be either Jesse Eisenberg or Andrew Garfield. <laughs> Don't tell me you can't picture that. Well, this right. is uh, Being the Ricardos, which is a uh, take on the relationship between Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz and their um, complicated relationship. Probably, although Desi certainly had a career before Lucille Ball became a huge star as the handsome Cuban singer musician who would appear in, in movies when musicals were very big. You know, his career was kind of waning when he and Lucille Ball met and and, and had a meet cute and hooked up. <laughs> but she was obviously very talented, although she was thought her career was going to go towards drama. And obviously, as we all know now, eventually drama turned out not to be the thing that made her a star. It, in fact, was being a comedian, although there was a brief turn in into radio, which she was resentful for. She was so <laughs> animated that right off the bat, after doing a, a popular radio show, they were like, you should be on television. She's like, yeah, that's what I was trying to do. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and, and bring my husband. <laughs> but what's, what's impressive about that is the fact that she was just kind of like, um, yeah, thanks, y'all. I appreciate this. And I realized that I might only get one shot. 
but I'm not doing this without my husband. Yeah. But he's not white. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. The exact quote someone said to her, no one is going to believe that you're married to a Cuban band leader. She says, but I am married <laughs> to a Cuban band leader. Band leader. Yeah. The real underlying thing they're saying there is no one's going to accept Yeah, it. exactly. Yeah. Because this is the 1950s, before Brown versus Board, it's before the Civil Rights Movement. Jim Crow is still law in the land. Sponsors and networks were like, no, people are going to be turned off by this. And guess what? They are probably the first couple of American television. Decidedly the biggest hit in television history at that point. Catapulted Lucille Ball into an American treasure, you know, who went on for decades after that, never having a success as big as I Love Lucy, but a whole series of shows afterwards yeah. and appearances mm-hmm. and what have you. The Lucy show. Really show like, yeah. If you could get Lucille Ball for something, you would get Lucille Ball yeah. for something. A comedic genius who also in real life was a game changer, groundbreaker on so many levels. Like we say the thing with her going like, no, you're going to put my actual Cuban band leader husband in this as a Cuban yeah. band leader yeah. husband, which was unheard of. But she went on to change television in all sorts of ways that unfortunately being the Ricardos doesn't actually cover. There'd be no Star Trek without Lucille yeah. Ball. Or Mission Impossible. Impossible. Yeah, or Mission Impossible. Untouchable. Gunsmoke. Yeah. yeah. Aaron Sorkin, who loves doing movies about insider shit. No question. And <laughs> I, I noticed that. I wow. do love Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. I love his yeah. writing style, but he tends to do things that are like, here's kind of what happened. I think Sorkin and Mamet, I always think of as sort of like cut from the same cloth in a sort of way in the way that they do that. They want to tell the story, but they're like, the drama is more important than right. what actually they're, they're, happened. Their allegiance to the actual, like, to creating drama and dramatic scenes and tension is too too strong. And witty, yeah. witty uh, dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. Witty very banter. Important. Yeah, it's yeah. very important, very quick, very fast. Oh, almost yes. everything that happens in this movie did, in fact, happen in real life. She sure. did get pregnant, and they did yeah. have to deal with, like, how do we deal with pregnancy? Because mm-hmm. it's not permitted on screen. She did have to deal with a husband who was Cuban and at a time when a mixed race couple would not have flown on TV. She, she was to... accused of communism. Yeah. yeah. You know, mm-hmm. all of these things. She did that... have to deal with a husband who was a philanderer and, and yeah. lied about it for years. Yeah. They just didn't Flanders. happen in the space of they like six months. I, I think, like, <laughs> and it's always an interesting question because I have a friend of mine that's reviewing us for another site and he is planning on his review ripping in a new one for the historical inaccuracies. That's not it the It always point. makes me wonder like what's, what's yeah. the dividing line? Like is it okay to say that everything that did happen happened just in this way in this order? Or is it? Is it's that not like just, we have a transcript of their like private conversations. Yeah. Not really. Yeah, yeah exactly. my take is always. It ain't a documentary, folks. No. Yeah. Even if, if it was. was. If it, no, I see. If it is a documentary, it has to stick to the, exactly. the actual yeah. facts. If you're a Unless narrative you're film, <laughs> you're a narrative film. Okay. Come yeah, on. Play Lots around of with room it. to play yeah. around. Even if it was like an actual like story to story documentary or whatever, they would not have exact transcripts of what they're saying. No. They would have been like, no, well, course. I think I said something well, along like this, is, you know, like that. It's inevitable. You want to tell a good story in a narrative film. And sometimes that involves like mixing things together and screwing up with the time. Timeline and, yeah. and presupposing the way conversations would have had because it's a narrative film. Yeah. In fact, like to shut your friend the fuck down. Lucia Ball's own children yes. have said this is the most realistic portrayal of their relationship and who they were as people that has ever been filmed, and there has been a lot there has of been things. A lot. And I know Lucy Arnaz has been not happy she's taken cbs to task about the previous past. versions yeah, yeah and so i watched her she, she has a youtube channel and she, she gave her blessing to the film i saw that video of her saying they got it they got them they got what happened i didn't know that they were even involved until the end of the movie i was what? like oh look names yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean acknowledging of course it didn't all happen at the same time but 
does it matter no, in the no. sense of telling this story that's a slice of life film with a certain mm-hmm. amount of flashbacks? But we right. are talking about being the Ricardos. Joining me here is Harmony, Marco, <laughs> and Frank. Yeah, I was so excited about this, not just for Lucille Ball, who I love to pieces, but like I do love Aaron Sorkin. I don't yeah. love every Aaron Sorkin film, but there's no Aaron Sorkin film I dislike. That you just actively yeah. hate. Yeah. You know? How are you going to do this? Because there's so many interesting periods of her life, and I think his solution was, like we said, you're sort of crunching a bunch of little important things that happen together in a much smaller period of time than they actually happen. Yeah. But you're also doing a lot of flashbacks along the way. So let's see how they actually met, and let's see what happened here, like these films do. Yeah. Yes. Well, the flashbacks really, they weren't distracting as much as they as they could have been. I mean, they all sort of contribute to the Lucy that was, the innovator and the TV titan that she was, and the actress we all loved. It all worked. The one thing he does, apart from taking at least three major storylines and compressing <laughs> them into one film, he does set it over the course of a week, and because he's Aaron Sorkin, and he's been a showrunner, and he's done shows about showrunners. Right. <laughs> he understands how the sausage gets made. And so he tells his story from day one of the table read to the final night, the fifth night, which is the live performance in front of a studio audience. It's a really neat hook as far as a structure goes. It adds a lot of built-in tension because... If a certain story breaks by the night of the performance, then it's possible they're going to not even go on the air. They might mm-hmm. be that'd just pulled be all it. together, yeah. all, but be they it. have to just marshal through it and like, right. we're going to run a show, even though everybody is really tense. Yeah. And it's a great balance between that tension and the nuts and bolts about how they got a weekly show on. Like, I yeah. was like watching the writer's room scenes and her collaborate with the director, <laughs> you know. It reminded me a lot of his Saturday Night Live yeah. series. I read, do you remember? Live in the Sunset. Live in the Sunset. Oh, yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, I was like, yeah. yeah, we're like, oh shit, everything's coming down to the last minute, and there's some people not getting along on set, and there's, yeah. oh fuck, yeah. what, there's all these things dropping, and it's got the titles on the screen Monday, yeah. Tuesday, right. Wednesday. Yeah. You know, you only have like seven days until air date of this episode. Mm-hmm. And Lucille Ball, who is dealing both with suspicions, played here by Nicole Kidman, suspicions that her husband is cheating on her, played by Javier Bardem here, who admittedly looks nothing like Desi Arnaz, but no. he's Javier. Bardem, so fuck it. He gives it. He gives it his go, and yeah, you know. he's great. He's, yeah, he's, he's got yeah. great gravitas and kind of performance aura about yeah. him, which I think helps pull it off. Yeah. Which is yeah. dealing yeah. with that happening in the pulp trades, and then the bigger trades, a very popular show at the time, says makes an accusation of Lucille Ball is a communist, right. which was at that time like, oh shit, that's a co- yeah, possibly career-ending. Yeah, this deal. is the McCarthy is era. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the House of Un-American Activities. And her father was a communist. Her yeah. father, her, not her father, her uncle, her uncle, her uncle. who she loved. But it, they determined that Lucille Ball like never ever voted. I think even the FBI said she was like politically naive. Yeah, you know, she just like, checked a box. She's like, yeah, Grandpa said to do it. I want to make him happy. Yeah, I was like twelve. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll check it off. But yeah, she never voted for any communists that were running. If I voted the way I thought, like when I was twelve, like new kids on the block would be president. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, just, just, just I don't so think you they know. were on the. They no, they weren't. But I'm uh, just saying. That night, when he was warming up the audience, Ricky in real life said, the only thing right about Lucy is her hair. Yeah, even that, <laughs> that's not actually she, true. She's not, yeah. She, she's, she's a blonde, a very, right? No, she's, she's a brunette. brunette. She's a brunette. Yeah. Yeah. Then she was a blonde, and then she worked on a film, and they said, you know, it was her, like one of her earliest Technicolor films. Mm-hmm. And they're like, uh, we'll make her stand out. And they gave her this sort of almost reddish, almost orange, orange unnatural very orange, color. Yeah. 
And incidentally, that was Academy Award-winning legendary cinematographer Carl Freund, who became the groundbreaking cinematographer on the I Love Lucy show. Well, there you go. Oh, there you he kind of helped her. She was so loyal red. to her Hollywood friends like, yes. like, uh, in the 40s and 30s. And yeah. The guy who shot Metropolis <laughs> on oh, I Love Lucy. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy, but he's a fascinating dude. But this is definitely one of those, like, how the sausage is made movies mm-hmm. of, of entertainment stuff. And I love that sort of I thing, but also this is what I do, so, you know, right. whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it also is about the personalities, and they interact, and it wouldn't work as well as it does without the actors. And we've only mentioned Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem, but this is up to this entire oh, yeah. ensemble yeah. cast of great people with J.K. Simmons just oh, nailing it. Just William Frawley as Fred on the show. Yeah. And then Nina Arianda is fantastic as, nice. as Vivian, who yeah. is Ethel. Now, those are the names you know. Mm-hmm. But you don't know a lot of the people who are behind the scenes on the show. Like Tony Hale. Like, I never, <laughs> ever would have pictured Tony Hale from Arrested Development, who spent most of his career playing very like his Arrested Development character yeah. characters. True. But playing something not like that at all here, who was a the executive producer producer and head writer for the show and was genuinely friends with Lucille and Desi Mm -hmm. was definitely close to them and there would be no show without him he is the third lead he kind of is the third lead I'll I'll, I'll give you that yeah Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then you have Alia Shawkat god I love her she's so so good in like everything playing the secondary head writer on the show but also is like Lucille Ball's best friend Mm -hmm. but they're kind of I mean it's difficult you're working with one of your really close friends and there's shit going on Lucille Ball's being kind of a perfectionist about this one scene she's like jesus christ let it go lucy yeah, yeah. But, but there's a lot of other interesting people i'm always happy to see clark Gregg, who's got a small, <laughs> yeah. small yes. role here, uh, uh. as like somebody was he he was working for the tobacco company yeah right? he's like he's one the of the guys F- from philip morris, philip morris. Yeah. 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 Also, yeah. sponsor also jake lacy my cutie jake lacy <laughs> plays you got a jake lacy thing you got yeah. Jake yeah, I, do. I do have a jake lacy <laughs> thing he plays, he plays the new writer on oh Hobart. yeah he's yeah. adorable yeah he's definitely having a, a, <laughs> a metaphorical dick measuring contest with Ali yeah. Yeah. Uh, and losing all of of the people who appear in this as writers or producers like the Oppenheimer character Mm -hmm. and all of them they were all writers on her radio show and producers Mm -hmm. they'd never done TV she just brought them all over and they didn't have a huge writing room they had like three people. You know, they had to do 35 shows, one show a week. Wow. Every week. Uh-huh. It's some incredible backstory shit about how yeah. that show got made. And yeah, it's amazing they didn't kill one another because they were <laughs> all working really hard. And this movie does a great job of giving Desi Adonez some credit. Yes. Yeah, because... Chris said earlier that his career was on the downslide. Both of their careers were on the downslide. Well, yeah, that's true. Hers had when never, they met, he was the biggest hers had star. Never really hers taken had never off. really taken yeah. off. Yeah. yeah, she'd always been busy. She'd done like over 75 movies. B-movies. B-movies. But, but yeah. she was never the lead. She was always like second or third yeah. build. She'd had a few films that were like minor hits, but yeah. not enough to get a contract. And she had the one deal she thought, this is going to be the one where she got to replace two actresses who were big name actresses who had to back out of a huge picture. Mm-hmm. She got it. The critic loved it it didn't perform financially yeah. she's, she's turned you 40. see that yeah. you see that yeah. film and it's actually a really good film it's called the big street with henry yeah. fonda yeah. and it's oh it's amazing her biggest crime was that she was almost 40 the problem with lucille ball was she was a rubber face clown with a gift for physical comedy who was trapped in like a then blonde bombshell mm-hmm. type figure and so they kind of kept pushing her in serious drama or make her like the ingenue and once she got too old to do that they were like yeah, hey, you know what you to know, do with her we mm-hmm. don't need you yeah. but that really worked out for the rest of us because right. then she just went to comedy 
you wouldn't remember Lucille Ball if she was just like the hardest working B-movie actress of all of time. Of course. Right. Yeah. But going into comedy in her 40s and dragging Desi along was mm-hmm. great. And having kids. And, and, and doing kids. all of this. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. It's... I mean, she was breaking what the rules were, what you were allowed to do left and right, right. even before she became a big star, but after most certainly. Yeah. And that's one of the things that makes her such an eternally interesting figure. Mm-hmm. Like I said, this film is more of a narrow slice. Of, it's one week, largely, we're yeah. looking at here. And some the criticisms yeah. have gone with like, okay, well, not all that happened the same week. Like I said, if her kids approved, what are you complaining yeah, about? Yeah, exactly. But all that being said, I did feel at points there was maybe they were trying to do too many things yeah. here. Like we talked about after the movie, how I felt like, although I certainly understand that Desi cheating was a big part of the bigger Lucille Ball story. Mm-hmm. There's not only an attempt to bring that into the story when you're like, there's already a lot here, but also a thing where she's worried about him feeling kind of emasculated by her own celebrity Mm -hmm. that is dealt with and then has a point that it's supposed to be wrapped up and it never wraps things up in emotional sense for, well, we actually addressed this problem. It only leads up to a moment between her and Tony Hale with going like, here's why this doesn't work for me, Lucy. And I think that's actually the more interesting, I guess, B-plot if you want to call it that, then it's more of a C plot. Yeah. Right? Well, then the the Desi cheating. Yeah. I think yeah. if the movie had just been about the dynamics, the power Desi had on the show, and her winding him to be recognized for that power, and the communism scare, that's enough. That would have been enough. Yeah. yeah. I think what they were trying to do with this adultery story of it is that they were trying to make this whole part about how the only place she was really home was on TV, right? Like, and then I think they kind of pushed too much into that. That it kind mm-hmm. of felt when we have our resolution at the end, it's like. Oh, yeah. Okay. It goes in yeah. rather quickly. There's a lot of things it's trying to cover. It's moving very quickly. It's, you know, like all Sorkin films, it's like whether it's actually physically happening this way on screen or not, it's the equivalent of two people walking down a hallway talking to each other very quickly. Yeah. You yes. Yes. <laughs> have a few moments of those. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes this works so well. Yes. I was like, oh my God, I'm so with this. And I think Kidman, as I said, I think she really nails it. There's mm-hmm. points where she weirdly chooses to do the very specific specific tonations of Lucille Ball's natural voice. Yeah. And there's points where she doesn't. And it felt very kind of arbitrary. And I don't mean just like when she's on screen versus like on the show versus when she's not. It just sort of feels random. She said that's a conscious effort on her part because Lucy did have two voices. Because, you know, there was Lucy and there was Lucille Ball. And there were two different personas. And she knew that she had to be one or the other. I don't think that was well explained in the movie. Yeah, and I don't don't think it was well explored because there are points where she's not on stage or in front of people when she's doing the the Lucy the voice. Lucy, yeah. And there's points vice versa. It's like, okay, this was weirdly handled. Like, when she's not in black and white, I can still tell that's Nicole Kidman, but every time it went to black and white, I'm like, I'll be damned if that's not, not Lucy. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they do reenact some of the classic scenes here. Yes. Yeah. And we were talking earlier about, you know, the structure... And it is that week-long thing. And I really like that. It gives it a natural momentum. It gives it some suspense. But all of the characters I mentioned as being producers and writers, here's where it gets weird. Not only do we have these flashbacks that don't really look any different, we're never really sure... It takes a second to realize, oh, we flash back like 10 years, but everybody looks the same. Mm -hmm. But they also have 
interview segments with the producers, with the writers. And these are great yeah. moments because you have people who knew her professionally kind of giving yeah, some like, backstory. We're all but going, wait a minute, is that Ronnie, Ronnie Cox? Cox? <laughs> I thought he was dead. It's Linda Lavin, yeah. yeah. Presumably from the 80s, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. sitting there going, I know all of these people have to be dead. Yes. There's no way you, they could be no. alive. You, but you had to know there were actors at the beginning. But, but, to know. but it's filmed in a way. It's in a way that looks like even so, even yeah. so, there's no, there's no question that's acting. Right. No. So. I mean, yeah. The moment it's Linda Lavin, I'm like, well, I know that's Linda Lavin. Yeah. Right. yeah. Like, it's not the person they're crediting her as. So. Yeah. You know. yeah. But, but to me, that made it feel very lopsided when they stuck to the we're just going to be here in the studio for a week and all of this stuff is happening. It's great. But every time they do a flashback or have cut to these sort of fake archival it, it interviews, emphasized, it throws off the momentum. It emphasized the fact that this is not the real version right. by them yeah. doing that. Absolutely. And I was like. Okay, maybe the right move here, even though it is not the real version per se, but you know, the way to do it was to find actual archival footage. No <laughs> right, God knows I think so. that there are interviews you with want, these people. Like, want, I wouldn't if, stop if you, talking if I worked on the Lucille you have, Ball show. Exactly. <laughs> if you have archival footage and then splice it in, that, that's sloppy to do that. The way, the way, the way they were doing that. I, I mean, yeah. I think that's, you want to like cut to documentary footage of an interview. If you're from doing, somebody? I mean, but that's exactly what they're but doing. But they're doing they this. It's why they're fake. Yeah, but it works because they're fake. It wouldn't work if it was real. I disagree. We never it, leave the fake world. It so that's feels like works. a meta thing that doesn't need to be meta. But exactly. then again, the title is being the Ricardos. Um, and as far as like her switching voices every once in a while, Lucy and Ricky, <laughs> that's relationship goals for me. Everyone's <laughs> yeah. like, they're the perfect couple. And they were on screen. The but perfect couple. there was something else going on. And I think, yeah, this is about the manufactured image versus the real life yeah, story right? obviously yeah. you know but then i was like i get that already you don't have to go meta and like have real actors playing real people yeah that's how i felt it doesn't take anything away from it documentary it's, it's neither yeah. here nor there at the end of the day yeah. yeah i mean i think that there were enough moments that did take me out of it that that was sort of like an exclamation point on the points where it took me out of it using actual documentary footage would have made it feel to me like we are talking about a real thing that happened anyway <laughs> uh let's go to final thoughts harmony i really enjoyed this the only sticking point for me it was kind of the ending just felt really abrupt and mm. really took me out of what I was watching and didn't give me really any kind of satisfaction for this part of the story because it just kind of ends that's depressing to me um <laughs> I was stressed out like going into the theater of like everybody's talking like I, I messaged Chris this I'm like everybody's talking in oh, critics you, I saw I feel that stupid. Yeah. he's gonna save me <laughs> <laughs> he's like just sit down <laughs> and that's kind of how I felt about the movie like it's beautiful I think it's really well done Nicole Kidman's face weirds me out a little bit just because she's had a lot of work done. She's had work done, And yeah. it's, it's a little uncanny valley for me. Other than that, I think it's a beautiful movie. I think it's well done. I highly recommend it. I'm going to give this 8.5 out of 10 weird cutaways. Nice. <laughs> weird, weird flashback <laughs> cutaways, yeah. yeah. I don't care what anybody might say. I haven't read anybody comment on it, but, but I don't care what they say. There's no question there was CG softening done on it. Right, face there's something. It's no, so, there has it's, to be. It's very yeah. uncanny yeah. valley. It's, is, it's, that, is that they, yeah. <laughs> there, there's some effects done there. Yeah, no I mean, I've, I've seen her in two things recently where I was like, that's not what she looks like. That's and I also know what actual makeup looks like, and that's not yes. what's going on here. <laughs> 
Frank? I really enjoyed this. You know, I'm a classic TV baby. You know, grew up with Nick at Night. Um, yep. Lucy died, I think, six months after I started watching Out of Lucy. Aww. And I remember, like, coming from elementary school, mom you was like, killed Lucy. Lucy right, 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 yeah. I, was <laughs> dead. I killed her with my love. I was, that's just that strong. But I came home from school, my mom was like, Lucy died today. And I was like, no. I love Lucy. I love Lucy, yeah. Thinking the lyrics in my head now. Uh, I love Lucy. And she, she loves me. me. We're as happy as two can be. Sometimes yeah. we quote. I don't that. know the rest. I didn't even uh, know there were words. There. Yeah. There's also words to Star Trek, and I know those too. I, I was just saying, suicide is painless. painless. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's but a reason I, why some great songs just don't, don't, have don't, don't need lyrics. This, yeah. is, this is everything that Aaron Sorkin can do, strength-wise. It is in his wheelhouse. I think that in terms of directing, this is thankfully... More Molly's game than Chicago Seven, which was a giant turd. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Respectfully disagree, no. but I also like Molly's game. So there you go. Right? Uh, oh, I gotta love Molly's game. No one saw that. Watch Molly's game after this. But uh, <laughs> I think that the way that he really sort of absorbed himself into this world and really brought it to life, it's filmed in a very kind of like dreamy, like nostalgic way. Like even something that isn't a set feels like a set. But there are some really like serious human stuff that's being discussed here, and I love that sort of dichotomy. It's so key to what keeps us as watchable as it is the performances are all great i really really got to give props to nicole kidman she's riskier than she should be with her choices sometimes they don't pay off the grace kelly movie that she did did not pay off but you do feel that she is lucille ball here even if it is plainly nicole kidman you do see lucy because of the way she's chosen to embody her i think her and sorkin really do make a perfect combination in terms of bringing the woman to life as much as she can be brought to life in the most realistic way i think this is going to be a lot of people's maybe not top movie of the year but certainly in their top 10 i certainly enjoyed it i can't wait to show this to my mom at christmas time i think she'll get a <laughs> kick out of it even though she might you know not like the does he having an affair thing but whatever yeah, but that but that happened that happened a lot of things happened that we don't don't want to hear about you know but yeah that's true so i'm gonna give this eight and a half out of ten because i really didn't need the desi cheating subplot i really didn't there's enough drama here like we said the tip that makes it work eight eight and a half out of ten breakfast of french toast and potatoes you can keep your half ass grapefruit okay i, and I was like fuck I'll, that i'm having I'll, a fresh toast, french toast. i gotta pay for it sweet let's do this <laughs> i'll take the grapefruit <laughs> i love the grapefruit you oh, like God. soggy bread sorry <laughs> french toast potatoes uh marco <laughs> i enjoyed this very much it's not on my top 10 of the year but as i was saying to frank the other night after a screening Oddly enough, it's one of the ones that I want to watch again mm. because I had so much fun. I mean, I'll watch J.K. Simmons play anything. Oh, right? <laughs> you know, like having some confused dialogue about the kid from a Disney show who may or may not be a communist. <laughs> you know, he's totally confused. By, I mean, that little stuff is, that kind of weird banter is just gold for me. Yes. Uh, I think Javier Bardem in particular looks nothing like Sure, say his, name, sure say his name correctly and make us but, look all but dumb and white. He just embodies the character. And I like the fact that the film does acknowledge how deeply flawed Arnez was, but it also tries to remind us that he wasn't just riding her coattails. I mean, no. he really was the brains behind Desilu. Mm -hmm. I mean, at one point, you know, they're backstage and she's like, we're almost on. Get off the phone. He's like, hold on. Baby, I just bought 
RKO. Yeah. They had a little empire. They had more studios than MGM for a while. That was her former studio. They bought her former yeah. studio. Yeah. Talk His about former studio. The place that rejected her. Yeah. Talk about right. fuck you. Yeah. They, 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 they <laughs> got huge for a few Excellent years. Excellent come up at yes. yeah. and, and just some of the strange dealings that he did, like, made so much money for them. Like, mm. reruns? They basically invented reruns. Yeah, exactly. And he exactly. agreed... He got CBS to go, yeah, you'll foot the bill for the film, but uh, we're going to get complete ownership of the negatives and the prints. They're like, yeah, fine. Who cares? Nobody <laughs> needs that after it's been aired once. And of uh, course, that's been rerun forever. They but a lot you know, the only show that Lucy owned up until the time of her death was Here's Lucy. Yeah. Well, they sold all the pre 60s stuff. Yeah. 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 Because by that point, it was so valuable. All right. Gotcha. Stay on anyway, topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm excited Marco. by this. I liked it a lot, though, and, and I am genuinely looking forward to seeing it again, despite its flaws. I'm going to have to give this seven and a half out of ten bottles of Vitamita Vegemin. Clearly, we all know a lot about this period. We know a lot about these people involved and have a lot of passion for this period and the people involved, which, let me point you at Marco's last rant there about <laughs> things that have nothing to do with this movie, but are really interesting Really cool. Yeah, yes. They should have been in the, the movie. movies. Make uh, <laughs> more plots, yes. I mean, I, I would watch a sequel i'd be like still being the ricardo yeah. no, after, another hour after being the ricardo yeah that's the thing is like as many problems as i did have all my problems with this were mainly like it would have been nice if they had been able to properly devote time to do this right but they don't so it just feels crowbarred in this should have either been much longer or 20 minutes shorter and cut mm, those things out yes. you know that's really the problem if you were like i could have used more it's not a terrible no. Thing, right? Right. This is not going to be in my top 10 of the year, but it will be in my top five of films I enjoyed the most watching. Yeah. There's people who are actively dislike this film, and I know some of those people. <laughs> I could name them by name, but I won't, because I'm not going to call you out here. Yeah, I have some of I, I, I'm not doing that either, <laughs> but yeah. I know, yeah. yeah. But... I had such a good time watching it. I was charmed. I laughed really hard. Like the, we didn't even say how funny this it's movie so is. Funny. It never not holds your attention. This movie. Yeah. 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 And I feel like there is a bit of a dissonance between the points where it's really, really funny and snappy, and points where it's trying for the more a serious emotional bits. And I don't think the emotional bits work anywhere near as well as the funny bits do yeah. here. Which is also thing Aaron Sorkin has been accused of more than once mm. in his career. That's like, fair. wow, you're great at fast, snappy patter talking, but sometimes when you try to slide from that to like, well, this is the thing that means something and makes you feel things. You're like, people don't care. Eh, <laughs> that's why other people should direct Aaron Sorkin's. Yes. Oh. I'm not sure Sorkin. Is, well, I, I'm sure that Sorkin's not as good a director as he is a writer. I mean, yeah. I don't think he's a terrible director, no. but like, but someone could yeah. have found that balance. Exactly. Yeah. But I still think this is a very good film. It is very much worth watching. If you're even faintly a Lucille Ball fan, oh my God, you're definitely going to watch want to watch this thing. As we've said three times so far, and I'll say it a fourth time, her daughter thought this was a really good adaptation, regardless of it not being absolutely true. So you complaining about it just seems dumb. <laughs> I'm going to give this 8 out of 10 grapes squishing between your toes. Aww. Wow, you depicted my mother as like, you know, a demanding bitch and my father as a serial philanderer. I loved it. It was so good. Does anybody want to go watch her version? Version of Mame now, or is it just me? Oh, just absolutely. Yeah. Just yeah. Me. Oh, yes. It was Harmony. I, was, I, I don't know. Frank and I got it. We got Harmony it. Harmony and Frank. <laughs>